What does it mean to be a vulnerable Christian man? Walking through life weak and powerless is not what Jesus had in mind for us. It's time to fight. It's time to get comfortable being uncomfortable. We are OB, Sean, Brandon, and Shane, and this is The Uncomfortable. Welcome back to The Uncomfortable Truth. This is Obi and Sean, Shane, and Brandon are playing some baseball right now in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, but we've got one of our favorite guests, Mr. Zach Vaught. Zach's been on the show with us uh, several times, and we love having Zach on the show. Um, he is our favorite fill-in for sure. Um, but we were trying to think of an uncomfortable opening. Shane always is the uncomfortable man um, because I think that he intentionally creates uncomfortable moments in he his does. life. <laughs> yeah, I think that I think that he so he can talk about it on here. Yes, I gotta yeah. I gotta I gotta come up with something this week, man. We don't, we, yeah, we don't have an intro. Let's make this uncomfortable really fast. You know, uh, something uncomfortable that that I have always struggled with um, was being late, um, and that is that's kind of a it's kind of a new struggle. And when I say new, I mean like in the last. 10 years new before that I like I I had a high school basketball coach that if you were late no like no mercy oh my goodness gracious <laughs> coach boy it's been a guest on our show and if you were late um or if you missed or if whatever if a towel was hanging out of the edge of the bucket you know, there there was no, yeah, that's that. Disciplined the, to the extreme. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Shoes had to be facing forward with the tongues up at the bottom of your locker. Your jersey had to be on the right side. Shorts had to be on the left side. Sounds like he come from a military background. You know, I, he didn't actually, really? but obviously he studied some military yeah. guys. Yeah. Um, anyway, I right when I became an agent with Texas Farm Bureau, um, I I was late to a lot of our agency meetings that we had. And at this point I wasn't leading the meetings. I was showing up to the meetings and 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 being a part of the meeting. And um my boss at the time told me <laughs> he told me that uh if I was late to another meeting that he was going to have to make an example out of me basically. And mm-hmm. in not in not so certain terms. That's kind of yeah. how he told me. And it wasn't the very next meeting that that I showed. <laughs> Let's jump into it, baby. Yeah. Let's go. The very next meeting, I show up and um and I it was you know Shane's always talks about being late mm-hmm. and and basically it is it's kind of like I'm gonna be late. It is what it is, you know. But I I woke up that morning. And I knew that it was a 12-minute drive to the office, and I knew that I woke up 12 minutes before I had to be there. And I knew <laughs> there was no way I was making it on time. Wow. So I was 10 minutes late, and I walk in nonchalantly. And right when I walk into the meeting, uh, my manager says, you're, you're not allowed to be a part of this meeting. Go, go to your office. Wait <laughs> for me there. I'll come after the meeting. And it was very... I was very uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I was very, uh, I wasn't worried. I was actually more mad 
than I was anything because of the way that he said it and the way it made me look and oh yeah you know and and <laughs> but you had a fair warning yes. too in his in his in his defense yes <laughs> I did and and he came did, in didn't there. you th- I thought it, I thought I remembered you telling me you thought he was kidding like at first you were like seriously. Yeah, I like kind of kept walking to the chair that I was going to go sit at. He's like, no. He's like, don't hey, sit in that chair. Do not sit down. Get out of the room. <laughs> yes, that's exactly how it went. And and that made me even more mad. Um, and I was already mad that I was late. And it was just every, everything that morning went bad. Um, but it turned out way better. You know, I won't give the rest of the story. Uh, I, I he, it's basically like, like the dad that just says, "Hey, come here! I'm going to slap this belt against the wall, and when you when you go out, make sure your mama knows that it hurts." That's exactly kind of <laughs> how it was. Yeah. He walked in, and he's like, "He's like, you're not mad, are you?" And I'm like, "He's like, I had to do it. He's like, I had to do it in front of everybody." And yeah, and yeah. whenever he so came Obi's in, like his top. He was top. Top agent, you know, Obi didn't right. tell you that part, you know. So if, so, if he, he lets Obi continue to get away with it, there's favoritism. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. exactly so right. That's, yeah. I, I get yeah. Where, the, where the man came and from. And that's and, exactly where we were. And I should have respected that. And I didn't. Yeah. And um, it was an uncomfortable moment in my life. But it kind of leads <laughs> in to what I want to talk about today. Um, you know, each week we'll, whoever kind of has the word, you know, just usually brings it, um, which I'm excited because I know that Zach has read this book that I brought in today that I kind of have flipped open to a, to a page. This book is called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Um, Zach walked in, and I had the book sitting on the uh, table here, and he's like, uh, who's reading this? And <laughs> you might not want to do that. <laughs> And uh, anyway, well, I'm going to do it. Uh, our pastor recommended this book, and I'm not very far in it, but I've I've made a few little dog ears on some pages just to because I need to go back and make notes about the things that I'm reading on this on these pages. But this book is by John Mark Comer. Um, he is a pastor of a church. Uh, I, I'm assuming he's still at the, at the same church. I don't know, but it was up in Portland, Oregon. Um, he made some changes. And again, I haven't gotten far enough into the book to know where those changes took him. Um, you may can shine some light on that, mm-hmm. Zach, but, um, essentially this, this man was a mega church pastor. I don't know what classifies a church as a mega church, Zach, do you know? Um, I think it's three thousand members plus. Okay, I think it I, it, it could be two thousand plus. Two thousand plus, somewhere in there. Um, according to John Mark Comer, his church was growing. He was around thirty, 20, late twenties, early thirties, and his church was growing at about a thousand members per year. And he'd been in it like three or four years. I yeah, think. yeah. And so he was thirty three when the Holy Spirit basically just kind of took grat, took a hold of him and wouldn't let go. Yeah. Um, you know, it, and it's funny because he used the same analogy in his book uh, that I've kind of used in my life, which is like the Lord just halted, like stopped his train in its tracks and put him on a new track. 
Yeah. And, and, and then he's trying to figure out how this new track works. What do I have to do to get this train going on the track that I'm supposed to be on? And, and, um, this book really, this John Mark is, he talks about how type a he is. He talks mm-hmm. about how he is just a driven, ambitious, like the guy that is never going to stop. He's always looking for that next, um, thing to do way to be productive, way to have an impact way to, you know, grow lead what what however you whatever you want to put into that column um you know he's always looking to do more of it right and so he had realized through just kind of uh, i guess you could call it a sanctification process you mm-hmm. know um that his biggest hurdle is the hurry in his life and how he needs to after talking with mentors and 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 other men of and other Christians that had been in in the situation that he's in and had the same feelings and just didn't know what to do one of his mentors tells him that he needs to ruthlessly eliminate hurry from his life and and then I'm assuming the rest of the book is going to go on and, and talk about how to eliminate hurry in your life and what it can do for your Christian walk. Um, but I want to read a couple excerpts real quick, and then I want to pass it around and just kind of see what you guys think about this. But, um, you know, he, he's talking about when the man says you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from his from your life. And um, he said, Basically, he, he scribbles this down in his journal, and, um, you know, he said, sadly, this was before Twitter. Otherwise, that would have bro- broken the Internet when somebody said ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. And he, he was like, is that it? What else do I need to do in order to, like, get back on track? And he's like, nothing, nothing. All you need to do is focus on eliminating hurry from your life. And he said, when I first heard that, I, I felt a deep, resonance with reality hurry is the root problem underneath so many of the symptoms of toxicity in our world and yet his reply is not what i would have expected i live in one of the most secular progressive cities in america but if you were to ask me what is the great challenge to your spiritual life in portland i'm not sure what i would say most likely i'd say it's modernity or postmodernity. Uh, or liberal theology, or the popularization of prosperity gospel, or the redefinition of sexuality and marriage, or the eraser of gender or internet porn, or the millions of questions people have about the violence in the Old Testament, or the fall of celebrity pastors. Maybe it's Donald Trump. I don't know. You know, and he says, how do you answer that question? He said, I bet very few of us would default to hurry is, is the biggest problem. He said, but read the Bible. Satan doesn't show up as a demon with a pitchfork and gravely smoker voice or a Will Ferrell with an electric guitar on fire on Saturday Night Live. He's far more intelligent than we give him credit. Today, you're, you are more, you're far more likely to run into the enemy in the form of an alert on your phone while you're reading your Bible 
or a multi-day Netflix binge or a full-on dopamine addiction to Instagram or Saturday morning at the, co- uh, at the office or another soccer game on Sunday or commitment after commitment after commitment after a commitment in a life of speed. He said, I'll say it this way. Corey Ten Boom once said, if the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. And so I just want to leave it at that and see what you guys think about this uh, because I feel like that all three of us in this room, along with the two guys that aren't here today, struggle with this. Uh-huh. Struggle with there this. There is no doubt about it. Yeah. When you said dopamine binge, um, one, of the, one of the things that I immediately thought of is um, – is how um, the company we work for, you know, uh, whenever you go into the live screen, you can look at where you are, uh, you know, uh, and if you're at the top, you're going, oh, man, I'm still number one. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm still at the top. You know, I'm at the top of my district. I'm at the top of the state. I'm at the top of all 11 states, you know, or, Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, and it's, uh, and it automatically floods your brain with dopamine. You're like, man, that makes me feel good. You know, I'm, 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 I'm up there, you know? Right. And, uh, and so you're like, what do I got to do to stay there? You got to hurry. <laughs> yeah. and go you got to go. Yeah. You got to go pick up more customers. You got to do that. You got to, you know, and, and so your mind, but it's the same way with social media, you know, it's mm-hmm. the same way with everything we do. And, you know, that really speaks to me because, I am 1,000% in a hurry everywhere I go. I feel like whenever I'm in the truck headed to my next destination, I can't get there fast enough, you know. And, oh, by the way, can I go ahead and shove in these three phone calls on the way there somehow and get get to my next spot, you know, in order to accomplish what I want to accomplish for the day or for the year or for the month or whatever. But it's like it's every day. Even coming here today, I, I couldn't get here fast enough. I'm like, I got to get there. I got to make the coffee. I got to do this, 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 and this. Uh, and I got to do all this before they pull up, you know? And, in right. you know, it's, uh, but it's not just the podcast. It's every single thing that I do. It's like, I can't be still and just listen to God and be like, what do you have for me? Mm-hmm. You know, it's such a distracting thing. I couldn't agree more. Uh, it's hurry up and hurry or, um, hurry up and wait or hurry up and, but it all starts. Yeah. 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 I mean, like the last, um, the last probably, I know at least 10 years, probably seven or eight years of my life. It's been that way in the last three or four months. It's just been like over. It's like been another level, another level. And I'm like, Oh my goodness! I can't continue on like this. I have got to eliminate um, this company and this and this and this. I mean, like I yeah. have. If I don't eliminate, it's gonna like be the demise of me. You know, is is the way that I've that I felt. You know. Yeah. And um, so, I think this is definitely the biggest struggle for for entrepreneurs. The biggest struggle for Type A's. You know, threes on the Enneagram, you know, uh, achievers. Because, and the reason that this is such a struggle is that we find our identity in what we produce. So at the core of who we are as people, if I have a non-productive day, I don't feel good. 
I've I've I find my value and I found find my worth on how much did I provide for my family? How much am I growing my companies or my sales? How much am I producing? And th- that's what fuels us emotionally. Mm-hmm. But the challenge with this is that we also don't ever set a target and then hit it and be okay with that. The target then just gets re that bar gets raised again because mm-hmm. that's just who we are. And we love talking about how great we are. Sure. We love talking about the fact that we're it's constantly a, raising the bar. That nobody can keep up with us. <laughs> yeah. That we're that we're moving at a pace that you know normal people can't understand or grasp. And we f- we like differentiate ourselves on this. But what the other thing that we have to realize is that most of the time, I find this in myself. When I am like, okay, I have to move the needle in this thing. I ride on the edge of unhealth the entire time I'm doing it. Oh, I'm eating horrible food. Yep. I told my wife the other day, all I'm all I'm eating is trash. Yeah. And it's it's like and so that's that's the great struggle is is okay, I want to move all these things in my life and because number one, it's a goal that I made up that I feel like I have to attain to give myself any, you know. Right any leeway. Uh, and if I don't do it, then I'm going to feel like a failure. And all the stuff is stuff that we made up. Exactly. It's all stuff that mm-hmm. we, we come, come up with. It's and like we're on our, so our own worst enemy. We're, we're on our own yeah. hamster wheel that we create. Mm-hmm. And the problem, the core problem, is that we're not finding our identity in who we belong to. That's right. We're not finding our identity in, in the fact that if I produce 100 times more than normal, that does not affect how the Lord sees me. And if I don't produce a thing, it doesn't affect how the Lord sees me. Yeah. And that's where at the, at the core of this, we're broken. And, and we, we are uh, bullheaded, prideful, convinced that we're right. Mm-hmm. Like, that's us. And we, we don't admit where our where like our faults are, and we because we don't see them as faults, we see them as things that you know. Well, no one else can do this. So exactly, this, and so that's but, right. And 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 we and we spend a lifetime telling ourselves that nobody else can do this, right? You know, and 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 we also spend a lifetime of believing this. It's it's again, it's what we. It's a first of all, it's cultural. I mean, not 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 only are we, um, you know lying to ourselves but the world is lying to us Mm -hmm. and so the world is sitting here saying oh keep going keep going keep going and this definition of success in our world is misconstrued it's it's just completely counterintuitive to what the bible teaches yeah Yeah. and and so you know i feel like that one thing that this book is going to talk about is defining success in god's eyes versus our our own a hundred percent um and you know i'm 30 20 30 pages into it but i feel like that's where it's going and and i feel like that we have to understand that john mark comer it's just like we are. Right. He's just like us. He's not somebody that is writing a book about something that we can't relate to or we can say, oh, he doesn't know I do this and he doesn't know I do that. Well, he's coming from a place of being exactly where we are. 
you know, he's not like some dude that's always been like yeah. hanging out on the beach all day long and he's telling you that you should do that. Just, he's like, just chill, man, you, you should chill out. Like it's not in his nature. Yeah. You know, that's right. I always think about that, um, that, uh, Enneagram, uh, excerpt or I, I don't know. You gave me the, uh, I don't know if it was a book. If it was, if it was out of a it book a that descri- you read, it was a, it was a description of a, an unhealthy and a spiritual unhealthy and a spiritual healthy three. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's exactly what we both are. And, and what, I, what really too, stood out yeah. to me more than anything is that, um, a three in America, are, you know, isn't the driven entrepreneur, you know, is, uh, like an alcoholic living above a saloon. Yeah. It's, it's similar. He compared it to that, the, uh, Ooh, the author of that good. book. Yeah. And, uh, man, that is so me. That is so me. Because you know? because you have reinforcement from everyone in your life that says, Man, Sean, you're killing it, bro. Keep going. It's, keep doing it. Keep doing it. And you and you love it and you eat that up. Yes. But you don't do it for that. You don't do it for the recognition. But but you you enjoy it and and but at the same time, we we really know that I am not healthy. Right. I am not doing this the right way sure right. there's something that i'm missing or we get to that point where it's like okay if i don't slow down something's going to come off the rails mm-hmm. it's either going to be fighting and screaming with my family mm-hmm. it's going to be me going to the hospital it's going to be me having an anxiety attack it's mm-hmm. going to be that's something right. that's right and and you want to you want to pretend or just you want to block that out you know I'm pretty we, good at that. We want to block that out. We don't want oh, yeah. to, we don't want to admit that we've got this. We've got this. We've always had it. Right. It's always worked out. We've always God's always got me through this. Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. and we say that. And and it's like come on now. You know, we've got to change. We've mm-hmm. got we've got to make a change, you know, and and I think about Matthew 11, you know, and, and in Matthew 11 it it, it says come to me all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble um, in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We, I mean, all, we all need it. We all need it. We're all weary. Are you burdened? Yeah. Yeah. We all are, and where we go wrong... And this is just speaking to the entrepreneurs, the business owners, the the pastors, the the driven people out there. It's just like we go wrong because we convince ourselves we don't need it. We 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 say, well, I can't change it. I've created this thing, and I've got to keep it going. Mm-hmm. So I don't need rest. I'm fine. All you sissies need rest. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know, <laughs> and it's like yeah. no, that's not the way that God made every. He ingrained it in our DNA. It's not something that one person can exclude themselves from. It's like you, we're all highly passionate people, uh, or, or if we're talking to people like us, we're, we're, we're naturally super passionate. So, but a healthy person learns to implement and value rest in their life in the same quantities that they value all their passions and all the things that they're, they're driven toward. Absolutely. And I think, I think the, the big idea here is number one, we're finding our value in the wrong thing. But then number two is that you can't hear the voice of the Lord when you're busy. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
That's I think that is the number one thing. That's it. That's, that's it. That's it. the that's the that's the X factor. That's or that's the <clears throat> that's the primary thing that being in a hurry and being the way that we are is pulling us away from. It's pulling us away from being able to tap into the Holy Spirit in our lives and hear the things that we need to hear. <laughs> you're, yeah. You're exactly right, Zach. Well, and, and you know, I think all of us would say that confidently that we all think that we're good men and that, like, I think I'm a good man and I think y'all are good men. But if you looked at, okay, how often are we actually, like, helping and making a difference in other people's lives, it's the seasons when we're not going as fast that we actually make a much bigger difference in other people's lives. Sure. It's where a like, greater impact comes. Yeah, and it and it's and it's like God almost has to have somebody that's move moving slow enough to even see. You know, if you're going in a race car going two hundred and fifty miles an hour, you can't see anything. Like you you're just tunnel visioned and you you can't see anything that you're passing on the side of the road, but if you're in a place where you can actually slow down and see other people around you, it's like God's like, okay, I'll give you an opportunity for influence. Yeah, you know, and you might, and here's the deal too: is like you might have influence on a podcast, you might have influence because you're producing all these things, and the, and the, you're using the, the World Wide Web to to right. get it out there to people. But at the end of the day the most impactful things are when you're looking somebody in the eye and you're saying, let me pray for you after that. Sure. How can I encourage you today? What, what do you need? You know, and, and the same thing with our families is it's like, like being present. Yeah. You know, like last, last fall, my wife and I, we went to Jackson Hole, Wyoming to get away. I was like, we've had a crazy year. We've been growing a business, growing a ministry and, for the first two days we were there, it was like, how do we just sit and talk to each other about whatever, you know? Because it's just you, like you you get it's 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 anxiousness. Yeah, you know, I mean, you're it's, like, we're supposed to be doing something productive. Like, I can't, I can't sit. I can't sit. The, the, we we got it. Let, let's just go. Let's go do something. I, right. I totally know the feeling that you're talking yeah. about. Two nights ago, my wife and I, we were both on our laptops and. Are they were both open, and we were sitting side by side, and we we didn't we weren't talking for like forty five minutes, and finally I looked over and I was like, and it was like nine thirty, almost ten o'clock at night. I said, "What are we doing?" Mm-hmm. I was, and, and we were both working, and I said, "Dude, like we're missing the boat here, you know." Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, "We shut your laptop, like we gotta we gotta get off these things." It's yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean it's real. And uh, hurry up and hurry, you know. I mean, it's a uh, yeah. it's a real thing, and it's a great way uh, that Satan distracts us. Absolutely, you know. We're just kind of wrapping this up. Um, you know, I, I just I, I just felt a word, you know, uh, from the Lord last night. You know, reading this book, thinking, uh, you know, we we've all we've got to talk about this. It's it's got to be something that we're actively talking about. Because we are creatures of habit, and we will fall back into that, um, into that rat race. Yeah, you know, I guess that's kind of the best way to put it. You know, it's and it might be our own individual rat race, whatever it is that gets us going, that gets 
us, that dopamine rush in us, whatever it is, you know, um, I feel like that we need to continue to hold each other accountable, hold the people accountable in your lives that you see living that way, because uh, it's very likely that they're not um, tied into the Holy Spirit. And, and ha- I feel like that in my life, whenever I'm that way, just like you said, Zach, I'm not hearing from the Lord. I'm, I'm not, I might be wanting to, but I don't think that, I, you know, and I, I think that's very true. I think that we might still have the same desire, but how many things do we desire that our actions don't line up with? Right. We all desire six pack. We all desire to, right. you know, get eight hour, eight and a half hours of sleep at night. We all six de- pack abs. Yes. <laughs> Six pack, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sound like you. Oh. It, it, it's kind of like say six pack, pack of beer. Yeah. Man, I can't wait to get off this podcast and go get that six pack. Now. <laughs> yes, we all des- desire six pack abs. Yes, a great night of sleep every night, but we don't do it. We don't do it. So our desires and our actions—they are completely different things. Yeah, oftentimes, and so so we have to be very conscious of the fact that yeah, I desire to have a relationship with the Lord, but man, what is my what kind of fruit is this tree producing? Yeah. You know, absolutely. Well, make sure that your tree is producing the fruit that God would have it produce, and um, and the 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 main fruit uh, of that tree is to go out and make disciples, and to go out and tell people about Jesus, and to go out and uh, spread His name, and and do kingdom work for Him, and glorify Him in everything that we do. And so, I want to encourage you with that today. Uh, encourage you to eliminate ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life um before you check off and sign out make sure you hit the bell make sure you subscribe to our podcast um on youtube and you can check us out on all the other major uh podcast platforms but go out and kick the day in the face and we'll catch you on the next one